0: Damn it! All right, well, here we go with the third episode. Uh, it's just going to be me today. And I had intended on interviewing a friend of mine named Ryan Hargis and to uh, discuss Bitcoin when I was in Phoenix recently, but uh, that didn't work out. So as I still wanted to do some sort of podcast today, it's just a little on me. And so... The the whole goal of doing this was to, one, learn about other people and, and get stories from other people because I think everybody kind of has something from their past that they could talk about that is either funny or interesting in some way. And so I see it as a good thing for that, but I also see it as kind of like a kind of like a way for me to rediscover some things that happened to myself. In talking about them, you know, various memories pop up. And so it's a cool way to investigate some of the things that have happened to me in my life. So, yeah, today what I want to do is uh, go through this little box that I got that I keep a bunch of bunch of important, uh, photos or, uh, concert tickets or notes or whatever, various things that I've accumulated over the years. And so the majority of this, this podcast will be, uh, discussing the concerts that I saw and various things that happen at those concerts. So to start off, um, when, when I was younger, I was way into sports, and when I figured out that I wasn't good uh, and that I should discover something else, I, I, I slowly got into music. And so right around my freshman year in high school, you know, right when I turned 14, 15, right around like 98, 99, I started to get into... Uh, I guess you just call call it rock music. I started listening to Nirvana and some of the other grunge bands. And I kind of fell in love with all of it. And so I decided, well, going back a little bit, in sixth grade, my parents bought us a drum set. So I'd been playing drums for a little while. I I wasn't very good, but I was interested in it. And then once high school rolled around, I... I discovered that, um, I mean, drums are cool, but you can't write a song with a drum set. You kind of need a guitar. And so I decided I was going to get a guitar and I had a friend who had a guitar and I'd seen it at his house and I asked him, you know, would you ever sell this guitar? And he's like, yeah, man. Yeah. I'll sell it to you. That's cool. And so we were on the same baseball team. One day, we were at the or I was at the baseball field getting ready for the game, and he had told me earlier that he was going to bring the guitar. So I I got $40 somehow because that was the the agreed upon price, and I brought the 40 bucks to the game. And so he shows up pretty late. You're supposed to get there like an hour early. I'd been there for a while and he still wasn't there. So I was thinking, "What what is going on? Is he gonna? Is he gonna flake out on me? What's the deal? And so then he shows up with this piece of shit. This is uh, what I called every day afterwards uh, the Memphis because it's made by a company called Memphis. And so he shows up and I'm sitting in the dugout and he goes, uh, "All right, dude." here's a guitar. You got that 40 bucks? And I was like, yeah, man, here it is. So he hands me the guitar. I hand him the 40 bucks and he goes, all right, dude, late. <laughs> I go, what are you doing, man? What do you mean? We got the game like right now. And he goes, Nah, I'm gonna go buy a bag of weed. I'll see you tomorrow, dude. And so that was the beginning of me uh, owning a guitar and writing songs. Um, I I played that Memphis for a little while before I Stepped it up and got something that you could actually play. This guitar is very hard to play because it's so crappy. But, uh, yeah, from then on, I just really started diving into a bunch of different bands. And it was kind of the deal for a while where the only thing I really spent money on was either musical instruments or going to see concerts. And so that's what I wanted to bust out this box uh, today to go through some some concert tickets. So this is my box. It is what a effects pedal for a guitar. Uh, a guitar effects pedal comes in. It's called the Small Stone, made by Electro Harmonics. And I kept it just because it was a cool size, and I could keep all this kind of stuff in there. So let's bust it out. Got, I believe stubs from every single concert i've been to and like even there's some blazer tickets too like just basically anything that requires a ticket i would keep it um so yeah i mean starting off with oh man that one's so faded you can barely you can barely read it okay so starting off The very first concert I went to, let's see if I can find it. These used to be in order. This might be a little more chaotic than I thought. Uh, the first concert I went to was the Smashing Pumpkins. There it is. Uh, it says, uh, An Evening with the Smashing Pumpkins, House of Blues. It was on May 30th, 2000. So I was only, I just turned 16. And uh, I remember buying these tickets. I remember exactly how we got them, but it was me and my buddy and my girlfriend. And because we were so young, we didn't have a way to get to Portland without my parents. Cause I shouldn't mention this. We were living in the Dalles, which is about 80 miles east of Portland. And so this concert was in, was in Portland at the Civic Auditorium. And so we we had to ask my parents to give us a ride. So my mom and dad, maybe my brother and sister too, I can't remember. We all drove down and they dropped us off. And uh, it was, it was insane. It was the first time I'd been to a concert and I was really, really into the Smashing Pumpkins at that point. And after the show, we uh, waited around outside to see if we could get autographs or whatever. And we ended up seeing uh, the drummer, Jimmy Chamberlain, and um, some of the other people. But uh, it was a pretty cool experience for my first concert. And it was also, I believe, one of the last shows they did before they broke up. And so that was a pretty special thing and looking at this now it's crazy it says it's 28 50 with a four dollar convenience charge so this is potentially a 32 dollar ticket which i can't believe i could have paid that amount to get in there but whatever they're decent seats we were in the the orchestra section row l so we're we're fairly close but yeah that started uh Started my path down just seeing a ton of shows. I mean, you can see as I'm laying these out that, I mean, I just went to concert after concert for a long time. And let's see what's next. So I mean, I don't think I'm going to be in order. I'll have to just grab one and, and talk about it because these used to be in order. I used to have them hanging up on my wall so you could uh, see them all in, in chronological order. But now they're all messed up. So that plan isn't going to work. I should have should have organized them before I started this, but whatever. So, like, for example, I got... One, two. So what what I'm doing is I'm collecting uh, tickets to Tool. I saw Tool, looks like four times. That might be, right? Yeah, so at that point in time, you know, uh, I was in high school and you have a lot more disposable income when you're in high school, obviously. You got a job. Or at least I had a job. I was working at a gas station. And so basically every dollar I made went to whatever I wanted to spend it on. I didn't have to pay rent and have to pay, you know, electricity, all that kind of stuff. And in at this point in time, 2001, I didn't even have a cell phone. So I had I had zero expenses. I could spend money on whatever I wanted. And so something like Tool would roll around. You know, they put out Lateralis in uh, May of two thousand one, and so I bought tickets. We went to we went to back to back shows that summer on Tuesday, August seventh, and Wednesday, August eighth. The first show on the seventh was in Seattle at the Paramount, and then the second show was in Portland at the Schnitzer. and so these these prices say $48.50 plus six. You know, these are about $55 tickets. I do recall spending a lot more for these than that. Because they did because they were a rock band that put out an album that blew up. Uh I mean most people were accustomed to seeing them in in larger venues. And this tour, they were playing in theaters. And so in Seattle, we saw them at the Paramount. And in Portland, we saw them, where'd it go? At the Schnitzer. So uh, these tickets went on sale. I was not able to get them right away. I had to buy them on eBay, maybe. I can't even remember back then what it was. But uh, I spent like at least 120 each and it was just just my buddy and I that went so we spent like 250 bucks and this is in 2001 to go see this show but it was badass we uh, we had you know very close seats and king crimson open for him which was cool i didn't know who that was and most people don't know who that is but they're a crazy prog rock band and it was pretty cool to see them so uh Then, wow, that was the same year. I went and saw him at the Coliseum in November of 2001. I don't remember that one. That's nuts. I saw him three times in one year. Damn. So that happened. And then then this one says Idaho Center Arena tool again. And this was in 2002, October 3rd, 2002. This one, uh, two buddies and myself drove in my 87 Honda Accord. And we drove down the night before to, this is in Nampa, Nampa, Idaho. We drove down there and... It's a ways away, I forget how long maybe like six hours. <laughs> it was a drive, and in two thousand two October two thousand two, I had graduated high school by then so i would, i wasn't I wasn't in high school uh it was in the middle of the week, you know we were all like super seniors or whatever they call it. when you're when you're out of school, but you don't go to college. We just had jobs and stuff. We didn't have to worry about going to school the next day or whatever. So we drive down to this show in Nampa to go see tool and we didn't plan it very well. And when we got there, nobody wanted to spend any money on a hotel. And so we ended up just sleeping in my car in this church parking lot. And early in the morning, somebody who worked there came out and, you know, kind of shushed us away. He's like, what are you doing? You can't be sleeping back here. And so we just kind of drove around town for a while and ended up going to the concert. Uh, And it was, it was an okay show. After seeing them three times previously, I mean, they basically have the same set list every time, or at least on that tour they did. So I saw them four times in less than a year and I was kind of over it by then. Uh, So yeah, I haven't seen them again since then. But uh let's keep going. What else we got in here? Uh this one just popped up. So this says Silverchair at the Aladdin Theater Thursday, July 19th, 2007. For those of you who don't know who Silverchair is, they were super important to me in my life I really really liked them and their music and they didn't really get that popular in the states they're huge in Australia but most people in the states just think they're like these little grunge kids who who made a song in 1994 and then you know disappeared but I bought every album they made and listened to them forever I still listen to them now and they, their lead singer Daniel Johns had a ton of issues, you know he had anorexia, he had some sort of nervous um, muscle dystrophy or something. yeah it seemed like every time they would go on tour something would happen, and he would have like these insane bouts of uh you know physical and mental breakdown. so I never got to see him and i didn't I started to think I wouldn't be able to see him, and they put out an album that summer, 2007. And I still didn't think I was going to see them. And then one day somehow I heard that they were coming and they were going to play the Aladdin in Portland. And the Aladdin is a small theater. I'm not exactly sure how many people you can fit in there, but it's like, I want to say less than 500. It might be closer to 400 or 300. It's very small. And I was able to get tickets, and I told you know a bunch of my friends to get them, and so there was a big group of us that went. And the other thing that that makes this concert super remem- or memorable is, at that point in time, you know I was twenty three, and uh, my girlfriend was twenty two, and we were pregnant with our first kid, Elliot. And so we always like to joke around and say that that was his first concert because he was, he's born in September. So he was like seven months in the womb. So yeah, we went to that show and it, it says that it was only 25 bucks. That's crazy. 25 plus six for convenience. So 30 bucks basically. And everybody that went to that show didn't really listen to the newer stuff. And so they were all super disappointed because they played all the stuff off their new album. And so a lot of people didn't know most of their songs and they're pretty pissed, but I thought it was awesome to, to see them and be that close to the stage. It was pretty intimate. And then afterwards we did the the same thing that we've done many times. We went out and just kind of waited in the alleyway and we could hear them talking through the window up in the like the green room and some dude came out there and he's like uh, he goes hey he's yelling up at the window at the the band he's like hey tell Daniel that Steve's here and somebody somebody opens up the window and they kind of lean out and they go he doesn't know anyone named Steve oh wait yes he does (laughs) So they, uh, they let this guy come in and go up there and talk to him and stuff. And we just kept waiting and waiting. We were like, oh, man, they're going to come out. We're totally going to see him. But we waited for probably an hour. And they, they they snuck out the front or something, which is pretty common in my experience. They always find a way out because they don't want to come talk to the, the turdball fans. So, yeah, we didn't see them that night. But that was that was a cool show. And, I mean, they broke up like a year later. So... I doubt I'll get to see them again. I mean, if they did some reunion tour in five years or something, but I think they're done. Uh, So what else we got? Oh, well, this isn't a concert really, but this is the rock and roll marathon in, does it say it on there? Doesn't look like it says it on there. This was in San Diego. This was a huge mistake. <laughs> no, not really. Uh my mom, my mom asked me if I wanted to do a marathon with her. She was getting into running, or not necessarily running, but like speed walking. Like insane speed walking. I've never seen somebody walk so fast in my life. And I was only, this was in this was June 5th. 2005. So I was 21. Damn, I was only 21. Uh, So she asked me, she's like, hey, you know, I've been doing all these marathons. Um, Do you want to join me and doing with me? And I'm 21. And she's 20 years older than me. So she was 41. I was like, yeah, that sounds easy. Whatever. 26.2 miles whatever. I can do that. I'm 21. I don't don't care. And so I trained for this jammer like a week. I would run outside of my apartment in Gresham for, I didn't even, I didn't even check it. I just run for like a half an hour, whatever, do two miles or something. So I was extremely unprepared On Sunday, June 5th, 2005 When I went to San Diego And my aunt was there too She's 10 years older than me So I was 21 She was 31 And my mom was 41 And the both of them Know what's up They got pants They got shirts Headbands Shoes The speed They got it all They know what they're doing I didn't and that morning we left the hotel and I had some shitty Asics or something and this tank top that my mom had given me and it's kind of like one of those perforated tank tops that's supposed to help you breathe so you don't get as much sweat on your shirt or whatever. And we didn't put any sunscreen on and I'm pretty pasty, pretty, pretty pasty white boy. So we get out there and it started. This says six thirty. This can't be right. This must be the concert they did afterwards. Yeah, that's wrong, whatever. so it, we we go out there at six thirty in the morning or six a.m, something like that, and we start, and I get seriously like two miles into it, and I'm like, "What the fuck have I done? This is gonna be insane. I gotta do. 24.2 more miles. My feet are hurting. My legs are hurting. I'm just having trouble trying to keep up with these ladies. My mom and my aunt, they're cruising. I've never seen somebody walk so fast. I i could have ran and probably been slower than them walking. It was nuts. And so there were <laughs> there are many times where... I thought I was just going to have to give up. I'm like, man, why did I think I could do this? And why can't I do it? I don't know. Shouldn't be that hard, right? Walk for 26 miles. And we got to mile nine or 10 and I was hurt and I was hurting, but I kept going and they have little cups of water or powerade. And then some sort of little, uh, I don't know cliff bar or something just little little bites. So you don't get too full as you go. And I'm slamming these guys as we're walking. And we finally after, I think it was five and a half hours, maybe six and a half. It was, I was, I was in last place. Let's just say that I was, I was the last one across the finish line. Probably not, but close, uh, When I finally got there, I just like laid down on the ground. My legs would not work anymore. And we were supposed to go out and do stuff that night. And I was like, nope, I'm going back to the room. And I went back to the room and basically just died for like 12 hours. Just laid in bed. And when I woke up the next day... (laughs) I had the the brightest lobster chest you've ever seen in your life. San Diego is was overcast that day. It wasn't that hot, but because I didn't put on any sunscreen and we're out there walking for 6 hours, I got so burnt and I had what looked like a wife beater on my chest. For like four weeks after that, it, (laughs) this, the sunburn stayed so long. It was crazy. And so after that day, I knew whenever, whenever they brought up running or walking or doing another marathon, I told them, nope, you guys are way better at this than I am. I cannot do that again. And I haven't, that was it. One and done. One marathon and I'm out, but I did it. Uh, So let's keep going through. I don't know if I'm going to get through all of these. Damn. Um, You might just have to do. Yeah, man, there's a lot. Might just have to do some of them and then maybe do a different one again a different day. Because there's lots to talk about. (laughs) <laughs> Let's do. <laughs> Let's do that one. Uh, I'll try to put the ones I talked about over. Meow. I don't know. meow. Okay. So the one that I just saw that I want to talk about is uh, where'd it go? Right here. <laughs> so this one says Wednesday, December tenth, <clears throat> two thousand three. 2003, man, I thought this happened in high school. No, because in 2003, I would have been out of school for, I would have been 19. I would have been out for like a year and a half. So there was this family and I try not to use names in this podcast because I don't know. I I haven't seen a lot of these people for a long time and I don't want to I don't want to name names and and drop stories in case they're they're living happy healthy lives and they don't want to recall the time they went to a concert with this dumbass. So, I'm not going to say any names, but I'll just try to to paint the picture without without doing so. But uh there's this family that I hung out with and a lot of us hung out with and I don't know what happened to the father, but the mother was basically raising three daughters and she was doing the best she could. And I mean, I can't imagine raising three daughters, especially those three daughters. Cause they were all, uh, very, very pretty and outgoing. And so there were dudes over at that house all the time trying to hang out with these girls. But, uh, one of them, was my age and then there were two that were twins that were a year younger and all three of them were really good people and I loved hanging out with them I'd spent a lot of time at that house but there is this concert in Portland and this again is when I was living in the Dalles and it was for Chevelle who I didn't really know I didn't really give a shit about but they offered to drive me down to it And go to the concert with me. So it was kind of like a, you know, just a hang. And so it was the mom and the three daughters and me. And I think my brother might have went too. I'd have to ask him. But we drove down. And the whole point of the show was, at this point in time, it was promoted through the radio station, 94.7. 94.7 NRK. And their promo was, because it was this show uh, sponsored by them, they would give you the ticket for $9.47. And so I was like, yeah, dude, you guys want to drive to Portland? We got a ride. We got a $10 ticket. This sounds badass. Let's do it. And so as we're driving down there, somebody busts out a bottle of Fireball. And so we're taking shots in the back seat. And the mom was cool. She didn't care. So we were just getting hammered in the back seat. And, you know, we get down to Portland and go to this show. And <laughs> I, like I said, I, I don't even remember the show because I didn't care about this band, but they really wanted to see him, So it was, it was cool for them to go there. And we all had a good time. And... uh Nothing too dramatic happened, so that was that was a positive but yeah ten dollar ticket nine dollar forty seven nine dollars forty seven cents um let's see what else we got this is this is for a perfect circle this was wednesday january thirty first two thousand one this is when I was a junior. And this is another one of those tickets where I bought four of them. One for me, one for my girlfriend, one for my buddy and one for his girlfriend. I bought them all and then they paid me back. And this ticket says $25 plus $4 convenience. So 29, they were not 29. They were like, they're like 450 for all four of them. Something like that. This it blows my mind now because I think back, back when I used to buy tickets like this, you could get a decent ticket if you logged in at the right time. You know, They go and sell at 10 a.m. or whatever. If you logged in right at 10 o'clock and one second, you could get a decent ticket. Um, I don't think you can do that anymore. I think there, there are serious issues with people purchasing large quantities and then turning around and selling them on StubHub, which is stupid. And I don't know why they can't figure out how to change that. Uh, I mean, I have had this conversation with people. I think the best thing to do would be to just sell the tickets at the venue and you have to go get in line if you want one. That seems like the best. I mean, it kind of sucks, but you really want to go, you got to go Wait. And you can only buy, let's say, four tickets. Because otherwise, you're just going to have people buying uh, ten of them and turning around and selling them, making millions. That's not how it's supposed to be. So this one, for Perfect Circle, even though I didn't buy them right away from the distributor, I had to get these on eBay or something this was one of the best shows I've ever seen because I liked them so much at that point in time. And for those of you who don't know, Perfect Circle had the same lead singer as the band Tool. And so this all kind of happened right around the same period. I was way into Tool. And then he did this band with another guy named Billy Howardell. Uh, And so I was super stoked to go see them. And we had, it says, Orchestra E, P-A, five. So I think what that means, if I remember correctly, Orchestra E, P-A is row two. It goes P, P P-something, P-A, and then one, two, three, four, five. I think that's how it went. So we're in the fucking second row of this show, okay, at the Keller. And what they did is they... If you were in the first five rows, everybody in, in a seat in the first five rows got a wristband. And that meant that you could stand up and go directly in front of the stage. And so we were we were leaning on the stage as these, these guys were up there performing. And so I could basically reach out and touch some some toes if I wanted to. So it was really cool. And yeah, I wore like this. <laughs> I wore this really cheesy white jacket, like a, like a smoking jacket, but it was white and it almost felt like fake leather. I thought I was badass. It probably looks so stupid. I wish I could see a picture of that. I'm sure it's dumb, uh, but I felt so cool wearing it. And yeah, it's a good show. It's a good show. Expensive, but good. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Living in this area, obviously. There, there's only so many places you can go see a show in Portland. And so a lot of these, these memories were made at either the Schnitz or the Keller or I think they called it the Civic back then. Uh, and then, I mean, the more unfortunate ones are at Moda or it used to be called the Rose Garden. It sucks seeing a show there because there's just so many people and it doesn't sound good. And it's just not the same feeling, you know? Um, but then there's also stuff like. That was at the Roseland. I'm trying to find the one I was just thinking of. Uh, let's do this one. This one. Uh, this was. This says uh, KUFO Rockfest. Portland Meadows, Saturday, July 15th. Why doesn't it say the year? That sucks. That had to be 2000. Yeah, that had to be 2000. July 15th, 2000. So this was was my sophomore summer going into junior. And a lot of things had happened in that time period. Like I said earlier, my, the first the first concert I saw was the Smashing Pumpkins, and that was May thirtieth, two thousand. So this is between May thirtieth and July fifteenth. Some shit went down, and I I got into a lot of trouble with my parents because uh, I was doing the whole rebel thing and making their life really difficult, and so. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. This had to be later on. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll have to get back to that in a minute. This this Rockfest, this I didn't live with my parents at this point. This was <laughs> This was when I lived with some friends. I think it was called Knights Garden. Knights? Night's something. It was a really shitty apartment complex in Fairview. And there were, we were all like 20, 21, 22, and it was uh, three of my buddies and myself. And it was right at a time where I was trying to figure things out. You know, I, I was just kind of bouncing around. I didn't really have a purpose. And I was sleeping on their couch, and they all had bedrooms, and I was just crashing on their couch, which was not a good situation. At one point, I had this job at, uh, in Albertsons. And for those of you who don't know, Albertsons is just a grocery store and it was, it was a pretty normal grocery store. Uh, it was kind of in a crappy neighborhood, but, um, I worked there, the graveyard shift throwing freight. So I'd go in at 11 o'clock at night and they'd have all the products stacked up in the aisle and I'd have to cut it open and put it on the shelf and make it look good. And I I would bust my balls all night long. And then the manager would show up in the morning and he was never pleased. And I, I was like, dude, I cannot work faster. I don't know what you expect me to do. I'm working an 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. shift and you're paying me like $9 an hour. What the fuck do you want? And so I did that for two weeks and I was like late. Got out of it. But during that time, I was sleeping on these guys' couch and we're all drinking a lot and going to concerts and just being, just doing lots of shenanigans, if you know what I mean. And so it did not work out well because they'd be getting fucked up all night and then I'd have to leave and go to work. And when I came back in the morning, I'd go to sleep on the couch and they'd just be getting up and being crazy and doing loud stuff. So that did not last very long. But the, the whole reason I, I told that story is to get back to this rock fest concert. So I was wrong on the year. This, this was July 15th. It had to be 2004. And, uh, I, this is, uh, this is before the Albertsons job. So I was sleeping on their couch and I was trying to find a way to make money and I wasn't doing a very good job at it. And I got a job at a pizza parlor called Bellagio's and I interviewed and everything went well. The boss said, Hey, why don't you, why don't you go get a pair of pants and some shoes or whatever? And you could start tomorrow. We'll see you at 8am. And so I went out and I got, got all the stuff I needed whatever. And I went back to the apartment where everybody's living and they're like, hey, Maxwell, we're going to Rockfest tomorrow. I was like, oh, man, are you serious? They're like, yeah, dude, you should go. I was like, man, I just got a job. I just got a job at Bellagio's Pizza. They're like, nah, fuck that. You should quit. It's like, okay. (laughs) Okay, yeah, let's do that. And so the next morning I called the guy and I was like, hey, man. I'm really sorry, but I'm not gonna make it today. And he goes, What do you mean you're not gonna make it? It's your first day. And I go, Yeah, it's not it's not gonna work out. He's like, Are you kidding me, man? I was like, Yeah, sorry. And so I went to this concert instead. And uh it I don't remember all the the people that played there. It was an outdoor festival, and you know, it's all dirty and hot and there's porta-potties and not enough water, and I don't know, those those outdoor festivals, they get a little crazy sometimes. There's something about heat and humans that just makes you do crazy stuff. So it was a good show. It was totally worth quitting my job. <laughs> uh What else do we got? Some of these, some of these I don't even remember doing. You know, I just kept the stub. No effects. January 23rd, 2012. I don't really have a story for that. It was a cool show. Uh, Somebody threw a bra on stage and Fat Mike wore it for the rest of the show. And that was about it. Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza 2003, Columbia Meadows. That might be. That's probably when I saw Jane's Addiction. They're probably there. Because it was Lollapalooza. And I think Perfect Circle. One of those one of those festivals we went to. I don't remember which one it was. We I was with a girl friend of mine, uh, who not my girlfriend, but just a girl for a rend. And she was way into Jared Leto and he's the lead singer of 30 seconds to Mars. And so we went to watch him and he, he like got down off the stage and came out into the audience to, uh, I don't know, just do something. And she, (laughs) she reached around behind him and grabbed a huge chunk of ass. And he just kept playing the whole time. (laughs) I'm sure it happens all the time, but I was just like, you just grabbed his ass. What are you doing? It was pretty cool. Um, But yeah, that was, that was it for that one. Uh, This is mayhem, mayhem at the meadows. That might be the one I was talking about. The one that happened in 2004. So that says July 28, 2004. Yeah, I don't know. Slipknot, Slayer and more. Damn, Slayer. I don't remember that. Mm, what else do we got in here? This one's cool. This is uh This is my friend's band, Happy Gnome. Three of my friends were in this band called Happy Gnome that started in the Dallas. And this says uh, Saturday, May seventeenth, two thousand three, at the Roseland Grill. Man, I don't remember that. They they used to play a lot in the Dalles, and I would go see them there. But I don't remember them playing in Portland. But they were they were fun. I'm sure you can look them up somewhere. I think they I think they have one of their songs on YouTube. Happy gnome. This one, this one's pretty recent. I just went and saw these guys December 15th, 2018. I'm talking about the D, Tenacious D. There were another one I wasn't sure I was ever going to see. I didn't really get into them until, until after, after the pick of Destiny. And that was in like 2006 or seven or something. And then I heard they were coming here and... I was actually driving my car when I heard. And so I, at intersections, when I was paused, when we were at stoplights, I was checking out tickets, and I ended up uh, discovering when they were going to go on sale, and I bought them the next day. They were 62 bucks, and that was one they played at the Crystal, which I don't like. Crystal sucks. But they played there. And I think max capacity at the Crystal is 1,500. And these guys could have sold out multiple shows at Moda. So I was pretty stoked to, to see them. There's this really tall guy in front of me, though, for most of the show. So that was pretty annoying. Tall guys at concerts, they got to have like a section or something. Because you get a you get tall guy in front of you. And what are you going to do? I don't know, man. I kept like peeking around, trying to get on one side of him, but he, it's like he could sense me or something. So I didn't see a ton of that show because I was staring at the back of some dude's head. So yeah, I don't know. We got to work on that too. We got to figure that out. What else we got here? I got a few more perfect circle. I saw them a bunch. That was, oh, that one, whatever. I don't care about that one. This one, this one was important because it was at the Salem Armory. Perfect circle. Uh, Saturday, April 10th, 2004. At this show, so, you know, typically when you go see a show, especially for a headliner. They always have somebody open for them because, I don't know, they want to expose people to new bands and they also just don't want you showing up for an hour of their concert and then leaving after you paid 100 bucks or whatever. So Perfect Circle had the Mars Volta open for them and I didn't know who they were. I'd never heard of them. I didn't know a thing. And so we get in there and this was... This was general mission. So you can go down on the floor, basically first come first serve. So we get right in there. We get up up front and I was with a bunch of people. There were probably, there were probably 10 of us, maybe five girls and five guys. And we go up to the front barricade of, of the venue and the Mars Volta comes out and starts playing. And if you've never heard them before, You got to look up, it's the the album that they're playing is called Loused in the Comatorium. And I had never heard or seen a band play that way. They had so much energy and their guitar player, Omar Rodriguez Lopez is crazy good. And he's just like stomping around and, and dancing and doing crazy stuff while he is playing I don't know how he can move. I don't know I don't know how he can play the guitar the way he plays it let alone do that and move and headbang and dance all at the same time. He he's incredible. And uh their drummer at that point in time his name was John Theodore and I'd never seen a dude play drums like that either. He he reminded me a lot of John Bonham from Zeppelin but just faster and so yeah, I mean if you can imagine going to a show and having no idea who someone is and then just having them completely blow your mind apart. I I went to this uh the store the next day to buy their album because you I mean we still bought CDs then. That was fucking what was that? Where did I put it? I don't know. I just lost it. Whatever. That was in 2004, I think is what I said. April 2004. I went to Fred Meyer and bought the CD the next day. And it was only like nine bucks. It was super cheap. And I wore that thing out. I listened to that album basically every day that entire summer of 2004. And they became one of my favorite bands for sure. So that was pretty cool. Oh, no, that's not it. God damn it, where'd I put it? Uh, that, was, that was the only time I went to see a show. I went to see a headliner and I was more impressed with the opener. That has never happened, ever, except that day. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like something. I was gonna say something. I don't know what my brain's doing right now but uh yeah moving along that is that is when i took my wife to see rent that is the trailblazers i think that was that was when i took my son to the trailblazers got one i think that's the same stub so this one's cool because I've got one two, three. one, two, three. tickets to Radiohead. I thought there were more than that. I saw Radiohead on Sunday, August 31st, 2003. This would have been, for the, uh, why can't I think of the name? Hail to the Thief. This was the Hail to the Thief tour. And for whatever reason, I couldn't get anybody to go with me. I had a girlfriend at that point who I shouldn't have been dating. She was a train wreck and I didn't realize it for a long time. But she was not into Radiohead and so she didn't want to go. And then I couldn't get any of my friends to to buy the ticket from me either. So, I mean, basically what happened is I bought two, and I was like, whatever. Somebody will go with me. I can figure this out. And I couldn't get anybody to go. So I had two tickets to Radiohead. Sunday, August 31st, 2003, White River Amphitheater in Auburn, Washington. Auburn, Washington is a drive from the Dallas. I think I was living in the Dallas. Either way, it's a drive from Portland, too. I drove all the way up there by myself, and then I waited out front, and I was going to try to scalp this ticket. And I could not... I couldn't give it away. Everybody there already had a ticket. I don't... I mean, there's got to be somebody out there that can scalp a ticket, but it's not me. So I walked into this show with two tickets, and it was... It was a general admission, so whatever. It's not like it was just one less person in the audience. But it was was cool and sad at the same time because I was by myself. It would have been so much cooler to experience that with someone. But then uh, five years later, I took uh, my girlfriend at the time who became my wife, Uh, Her and I drove up there. It was Wednesday, August 20th, 2008. So it was almost exactly five years later. And we went up there, same spot, White River Amphitheater. And this would have been the In Rainbows tour, which that album was huge for me. It was one of my favorite albums. And her and I went up there. And Radiohead's whole deal, it's probably still this way, but I don't know. It definitely was this way at that point in time. They they wanted to book shows at places that would leave... How do I say this? They wanted to make the smallest carbon footprint possible. And so they were playing shows, you know, next to public transit or... Uh, I can't remember the exact details, but basically they wanted to have the smallest carbon footprint because they were they're were being environmental, environmentally conscious. And the ridiculous thing about this venue is you have to drive up I-5 basically to Seattle and then go east from there another 30 or 40 miles, maybe not that far, maybe like 20, onto a two lane highway to get to this venue. And so there's no way you, you, I don't even think you could take a bus. You definitely can't take a train or something. You have to drive there. So the carbon footprint on this bad boy was not minimal. It was pretty significant. And we drive up there and we go to this show and it was a great show. They always do a, good, they always do a great job. But after after it was done, they were, they were on the second encore and I, I looked over at my girlfriend. I was like, Hey, we should get out of here. This is going to be insane. Let's get in the car and let's roll. And so we left either during the second encore or right as the third one was starting, we walked out to the car and it's just like this huge parking lot of cars kind of in like dirt grass area. It's not concrete or anything. And at that point there were already, I don't know, let's say like 30% of the people were leaving. We get in the car and we moved from our spot, maybe like 50 feet. And we sat there for about an hour. Then we get out to the road, which is only let's say 500 feet in another hour. Now we're on the two lane highway And that fucker is backed up all the way to I-5. It's probably five to 10 miles of two-lane highway. And you've got 10,000 cars trying to leave this venue. So we got stuck on that uh, two-lane highway for another hour, hour and a half. It took us almost four hours to leave the venue. It was insane. And then we still had to drive back from Auburn to Portland, and she was supposed to work in the morning. She was working at um, a credit union, On Point Credit Union, and she had to call in sick because it was it was six o'clock in the morning when we got back to Portland. She was supposed to be work at seven, so that whole that whole carbon footprint thing did not work out very well on August twentieth, two thousand eight. So I don't know if they still play that place, but whoever designed that shit is dumb cause two lane highway to get to a venue to see a band play is not good. Not good at all. So where are we at hour? I can bust through this. This one, another perfect circle. Yeah, see I thought I saw him another one. Joanna Newsome, can I talk about that one? I think that's the only time I saw her. Joanna. Joanna Newsome is like a little pixie, fairy, harp player, angel, goddess. She's insane. And I only knew about her because when I lived in this house with a couple people in 2004, One day, my buddy brought home vinyl of her album. I think it's pronounced Ys, Y-S. And it's five songs, anywhere from seven minutes per song to like 15 minutes per song. I mean, it's five songs and it fills an entire regular LP. They're, They're very long songs. And it's basically just verse, chorus, verse, chorus forever. But there's so many... Verses, and so I mean you—you'd you'd have to go look it up. I, I'm not doing her any justice right now. She, that album is incredible, and so that was all I really knew about her. And I had a friend that I worked with. What does it say? August sixth, two thousand ten. So this was like six years later. I didn't know she had put out a new album. I just wanted to see her. I thought it would be cool. And it was—it was, it was twenty three dollars plus six twenty nine. It was about thirty bucks. I had this friend that wanted to go with me, and he didn't have any money. And so I offered to buy him a ticket, and we both went there. And uh, his friends, his other friend was there, this girl. And uh, so it was basically just the three of us, and it was at the Aladdin, another, another Aladdin show. Those Aladdin shows are great because... There's just nobody there. And it's so intimate because it's like this old rundown theater, you know, where your feet still stick to the ground from all the soda that's been spilled over the last 50 years. I don't know what it was before it was a venue. Maybe it was some sort of movie theater or something. I'd have to look it up and check it out. But now, I mean, it's a great place to see a show because you just feel like you're hanging out you feel like you're hanging out in somebody's living room watching watching them play guitar for five people it's so cool and so i mean nothing nothing dramatic happened at that show it's basically just her with a harp but if you've never seen somebody play a harp which you probably haven't cuz <laughs> it's fairly uncommon you should you should check her out cuz she she's very cool uh Rock and Roll Pizza, that must have been another. Is another one of my friends' bands. <laughs> Regina Specter, that was a good show. That was that was at the Roseland. We were up in the balcony, my wife and I. She did that one song where she she has a drumstick and she hits the piano bench as she's playing. One hand on piano, and she's playing drums with her other hand with the drumstick, and she's singing at the same time. It's really cool. Tom Petty. If you if you go back to episode two of this podcast, I interviewed Matt Helms and he is in love with Tom Petty, and he never got to see him. So I always give him shit because I did. Uh, I saw him June 12, 2010. And Joe Cocker opened for him. I don't remember that. This was at The Gorge. I think this is the only show I've seen at The Gorge. That place is incredible. It's too bad it's 85 hours away from everything. You basically have to take a rocket ship to get there because, dude, it's in the middle of nowhere. But it's beautiful. You look down on the, the river there. You know, they got the, the edge of the stage backed up against that cliff. So you just, I mean, it just looks like the Grand Canyon back there. But I don't remember much from this show. We were drinking a lot. And I think we camped, I guess we only camped one night because it doesn't say anything about multiple days. So I think we just went there. Maybe we went the night before. Cause it, no, 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 no. We drove. We drove that day, and got there early, and then hung out and watched the show, and then camped there. But it was fun. It was, I'm glad I got to see Tom Petty before he died. It was pretty cool, and Joe Cocker too. Apparently, <laughs> apparently he was there as well. Oh damn, we're getting down to it. Okay, what else? This one. I'm a robot. I don't even remember that show. I mean, I I only remember it because the name is so weird. I saw that at the Aladdin. I saw Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters. They only twice, I guess. I thought I saw them more than that. I saw them in Salem once. I saw them at the Rose Garden. They're great. I don't really like their music that much anymore, but Dave Grohl is awesome. He's always jacked up. I saw Fiona. A couple times. Saw Fiona, November twenty second, two thousand five. That must have been two days before Thanksgiving. And I'm talking about this one for a minute. This one, this was at the Roseland, forty-two dollars and fifty cents. And I took took my my girlfriend at the time who became my wife who became my ex-wife? <laughs> it's funny how that shit works out. Uh, I took her to this, and we had only known each other for. I met her like the day before Halloween, so we'd only known each other for like three weeks, and we were both excited to see Fiona Apple, and it was a it was a pretty special show, just because you know you get in when you get when you get to that point with someone and you're in the, uh, the very early stages of falling in love and everything's just, everything's just amazing. You, I mean, it doesn't even feel real. It feels like it's fucking cheesy to say, but it feels like a dream. And yeah, this felt like a dream. Just hanging out with her. Being three weeks into something like that and going to see a cool show, and this is this is Fiona Apple when I think it was called Extraordinary Machine came out in two thousand four or five somewhere in there, and she's always been a little loud or a little opinionated, out smoking whatever. But this is before like I think she got. I think she had like a moment or a few years moments in her life after this where she just kind of started reevaluating everything. And so she was still kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better word, normal at this point. I feel like she she became weirder but also probably happier. She was probably not as happy at that point. But what I'm talking about there, that one is then – uh my wife and i went to see her again this was july 26 2012 so yeah saw her twice um what else do we got i got a couple chili peppers here chili peppers are always great i saw uh uh mars volta open for them as well i would go see chili peppers again those guys are so cool and um for Shante's back with them so I did not see them without Freshante. I will go see them again with Freshante. Mars Volta, Dodge Theater. This is when I lived in Phoenix and I got to go to this show. No, I went to the System of a Down show. That was the only time I saw System. And you know what? I love System. And they put out three or four really good albums, but they suck live. Maybe it was just my feeling that day. Maybe it was because I was in the America West Arena on August eight two thousand five, but I was way the fuck up in the balcony, and they were just little teeny tiny dudes on stage, and there were no, there were no visuals. It was basically just them jumping up and down, and I thought it sucked. But I got that I got that uh, I got into that show for free because I was doing this promotion thing with this girl. Uh, then I saw. Mars Volta at the Dodge Theater. And that was also in Phoenix when I lived there. Um, I mean, there's there's more here, but not not much to tell in terms of story. Saw Muse, the Rose Garden in 2010. Saw the Black Crows. Oh, that was in Phoenix too. Black Crows at the Dodge Theater. I saw Journey. I saw Journey with my mom. And that was pretty cool. Uh, they had... Uh, I don't know what his name is, but the 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 Filipino lead singer who actually sounds better than Steve Perry. He's been playing with them for a long time now. Because that was... Wow. That was 2008. So that was 12 years ago. He's been playing with them for a long time. Uh, Jolie Holland at the Aladdin. Randy Newman. uh. Yeah. It's that Randy Newman at the Aladdin cat power. That was cool. Cause she, whatever. I mean, I'm not that into her, whatever, but we were at the Aladdin and we were on the, we were in the balcony. This was on May 28, 2004. We were in the balcony and we were just like chilling, watching her sing on stage. And all of a sudden she walks off stage and we're all like, what's going on? But the song kept going and Next thing you know, she's up in the balcony, right next to us, like walking down the aisleway, singing out in the audience. So that was really cool. Uh, Alien Ant Farm. That was another one of those. <laughs> that was another one of those 9 seven nine dollar forty seven cent tickets. Alien Ant Farm. That was that was a cool show. I don't remember much about it, but I saw Zwan. That is that's pretty cool because they only did one tour. That is That was the lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins. That was his band for like a year. They just put out one album and that was it. I saw Mudvayne in 2001. That was loud. A bunch of goth kids. And then I saw Aerosmith. Uh, Clark County Amphitheater, 2004. I think I went to that one with my mom and my brother. I don't remember. But that was pretty cool i go see it on Smith again. This last one I'll talk about, because I think that's it. There might be more in here, but we'll call it quits. Uh, this last one was to see the Dalai Lama, which is pretty crazy. I don't even re- really remember how this happened, because it was May 14th, 2001, and it was at the Memorial Coliseum. I was a... 2001. I was a junior in high school. And... They only took 10 kids, six kids, some really small amount. And I don't even, there was, it wasn't like there was a drawing or a contest or something. It's just like one day someone asked me, Hey, you want to go see the Dalai Lama? And I was like, What does that even mean? They're like, Oh, we're going to take a school bus down to Portland. You can go see him. And I was like, Okay, whatever. And so that happened. There's nothing really. I mean <laughs> there's no real story, and I can't really say anything other than I saw the Dalai Lama, but uh yeah, yeah, so I don't know i guess I guess that's it for today. We call it quits, and i'll I'll get some more one on one one on one with me, me versus me, get some more of those going. But ideally, we'll get some more interviews in here. I got a I got list, some people I want to, to chat with. It's just finding the time and making it happen. So that'll be it for now. Episode three. Thanks for listening.